Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Voice ISAAC Dollar Sign. Hello everyone, this is the Interview Queen Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sandy Callahan. This is the AirPod God MLW star Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. So hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another exclusive interview for BBG Wrestling. So this time I'm to be joined by CCW star and a member of Scandi Graps group, the Mr. Universe, Pete Phoenix. So how are you doing, Pete? Oh man, I'm doing good, thank you. No, you're welcome. Um, and the major question, which you know I think we've all got on our you know, minds is how's everyone doing with COVID over in, you know, um, as we just said off air, Sweden um, and over in Denmark as well. Is everyone safe and okay? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's pretty like the like the UK as well. We just standing still and waiting um, for for the vaccine to come out to everybody. So wrestling is put on hold uh, for the shows to come. But uh, good thing is we can still produce a lot of backstage stuff and a lot of video material. So so that's a good thing. Yeah. Other than that, we're pretty pretty standing still with shows for now. Yeah, it's the standard. I think with a lot of you know here in the UK, it's kind of the same empty arenas, and there's you know there's not much happening in sort of the independent scene. Um, I know from following different promotions, there are things going on, you know, in the United States and uh, Japan. But yeah, it's kind of here in in the UK, sort of at a standstill, which makes sense given we're in a national lockdown, and you know, making people making sure people are safe before they go to you know, events and things. Um, and, you know, as I just said, you know, I'm off air, I'm glad that you've joined me this afternoon as it's the afternoon here. Well, the afternoon for you is still the morning for me, but I, it's just a great privilege to have you on the show and to be able to cover your career and your time over in um, Scandinavia. Again, I'm, I'm very happy and honoured to uh, for you to look into that and you want to talk to me as well. So uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Oh no, you're welcome. So um so in terms of kind of um your journey with, with wrestling, kind of where did it begin? Like were there any particular early memories or any have you any particular favorite wrestlers or matches which inspired you to become a professional wrestler um early on? Yeah, man. I mean I started like ten years ago. Um like I discovered wrestling when I was fourteen. Um, and I watched, I was at my, my mom's friend's house and her son had the WWE, uh, game. Yeah. And then from, from there we played it and I thought like, oh, that's cool. They had to make a, make a story mode, um, um where you make a storyline and it was like, oh, it's cool. I can make my guy have a, have a suitcase, like a briefcase and stuff. And it's yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know anything of what it was. And then he took me down and he, he showed me some videos, of uh, the undertaker yeah and i remember very specifically watching randy orton being in the ring and he had won a big match i think it maybe it was maybe it actually was a rumble i'm not sure but he won a big match and qualified for a title shot and then dong <laughs> the bell hits right <laughs> yeah let's go out the casket go in on the stage the light bulb hits it like it, it burst into fire and you know, it's just standing there and it's burning and he undertaker kicks open the door and just steps out of it. And I thought like, 
wow, that's like effing cool. Like, and that just captivated him. And he just goes to the ring and he just clears it. Everybody, boom, 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 out, choke slam, tombstones, like everything. It was like I was just hooked from that moment on, you know, like the the character, the persona, the atmosphere, and the like the of course the fighting and of it. And like it was just it just got me hooked, you know. I was just a fan from that moment. Yeah. Um, um so Undertaker definitely been a, a big uh, influence on me and on wrestling and creating my interest for wrestling would have been the Undertaker in the in the later years I turned more towards uh Triple H for my uh, my fighting style. Yeah. Um, I use a lot of knee drops, uh, recently started using spine busters and, uh, yeah, I, I, I use a lot of, uh, triple stuff, the high knee and the knee drops. So he's been a big influence on me, um, during this time, like the recent times of, of training and uh, getting your moves together and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because um, the um, two other Scandinavian wrestlers, what one which is due to come soon, so I won't give away. He he also mentioned that he first was interested in wrestling or came um, known wrestling came known to him through playing video games. And mm-hmm. Hangman also, who I recently interviewed, said that his favorite wrestler was the Undertaker. So it's interesting that you know those kind of um, parallels are the same with you know with you and um, yeah, you know, I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Hangman trained me as well. So yeah. and we both had the common interest in The Undertaker and mm. wrestling and, the, and the, the thing he did, the thing he does yeah. in the ring. So, yeah, from there it also just clicked uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Do you, um, in terms of The Undertaker as well, do you think, um, have you a particular favorite match of his, like when you've gone back or persona, which oh, you had? Because obviously, he's yeah. the Underbiker, is the Undertaker, early Undertaker when he was a lot younger. Yeah, I, I, have, uh, the, I have the first match between him and Shawn Michaels um, yeah. at Mania. Um, yeah. the, I always call it the Blue Show because <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what Mania it was. 25. Um, I think, yeah, exactly. 25. There we go. Um, like that match to me just was like a classic. That that is, and still to this day is my I think it's my favorite. It is my favorite match. A lot of the stuff from the from NXT and NXT UK as well. Yeah. It's really hitting hard recently. I think one of my my newest favorite matches is the Walter versus Dragonoff. Yes. Um, which was such a brutal match. And we have a brutal style in the north. So I really appreciated what mm. they did. Uh, I wrestled a couple of German wrestlers before as well and they have a tough and a hard-hitting style like we do in denmark yeah so it's um when you see a kind of match like that and you kind of been in like, of course not the same but you kind of been wrestling this style like you appreciate it so much more um but definitely i'll say the the undertaker Shawn michaels from wrestlemania 25 it's one that will always be in my heart and the walter and dragonov and i'll say the the hell in the cell between Undertaker and Triple H, uh, yeah. with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee, um, that hit hard as well for the storytelling of that. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. I'm a big sucker for a good story. So, it, it, that was the thing. One of the questions actually, I actually had, and I will say that um, the interesting thing about the the WrestleMania 25 match in particular. Um, what I think people don't realize or, or what um, 
I was actually talking about this on another podcast, but when The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels faced one another at the Royal Rumble at the end of 2007, you'll know that everyone in the back was around the was around the monitors like, right, it's getting good now, we're going to enjoy this. And you can, you'll can you know that everybody in the back when Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are going at it will have just been sat there and everybody was watching it. And the fact that they were, you know, about about 10 years plus on the majority of the roster, but were able to put on a match and wrestle the athleticism they, you know, showcased was like unbelievable. Like even guys 10 years younger than them couldn't do the stuff they were doing, whether it was over the top ropes or if it was the, you know, the, um, the height on the choke slam, the catching the tombstone. So, so many different things, what they did, you know, which, just built and built in the storyline element and the the psychology exactly. because the the one thing when I spoke to Hangman and this was one of the questions I actually had to you and it kind of nicely goes into it is that he always has sort of had a great um, respect for as he puts it the psychology and the love of the art of mm-hmm. pro wrestling mm-hmm. and that's something in um, sort of scandigraps I've seen that there's a lot of the traditional kind of psychological elements of wrestling it's very kind of like you just said you know storyline based and very um you know like i've just mentioned traditional is that something what's been instilled in you in your training that kind of um meat and potatoes kind of slow pace building the storyline up rather than going out there and you know a massive kind of um bells and whistles spot fest you may say which kind of doesn't fit the psychology in it kind of doesn't fit the psychology of wrestling or the, you know, the wrestling um, sort of idiom, you may say, that it can kind of take it away. Does that kind of make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. It does for sure. Like I'll say for me, the, I'll say for me, the psychology uh, has been like every bit of my training. Cause I always like the, the, why are we doing it? Yeah, you know why are we doing what we're doing? Why like doesn't make sense? And Hangman really put that into me as well when I started training, um, because he had that psychology. Like you, you always you also spoke to him about, and yeah. he put that into my head as well. Also, like my my physique, like I'm not the biggest, like I'm not the the biggest guy when it comes to like I'm not the buffest guy out there, but I'm not a small guy either. I'm like a tall guy. I'm like one uh, one ninety uh, centimeters, right? Yeah. Um, so uh so it's like it's like i'm 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 a very tall guy so i cannot do a lot of lucha libre flippy stuff um uh, so i for me the kind of slowed down and psychology based style of both telling the story but also wrestling uh the the like the moves and stuff is put a lot into my character as pete yeah uh, for sure for sure um when I've watched your work and it only kind of occurred to me while I was making some notes, but your, um, there was actually a two part question in terms of that. So, so one question I have is where did the character of Mr. Universe come from and who was the inspiration for the gimmick? Because, um, when I watch you, I see a lot of reminiscence of, um, Eddie Gilbert. So hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert, where it's that kind of, you generate a lot of heat from the audience and you're a very good heel in the sense that you get those people riled up and that kind of um gino hernandez kind of you know very cocky very sort of um good at what you do kind of 
persona is that kind of where it came from or what what where did the actual mr universe gimmick and character come from where did it originate so so here's the fun thing right uh we all start out somewhere yeah this is a little bit exclusive behind the scenes for for the fans as well um so we all start somewhere right so i started with a mask oh wow uh, to get in front of a crowd right yeah um and so a lot of people will know what the what the gimmick's name is i'm just not going to say it because it's going to be easier for people to find it in so (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of leaving that behind but we figured out that that uh that didn't that didn't work um or it worked as it should it worked as it should to the point where i got in front of an audience and i learned to be in front of an audience and, and i tried it right yeah um and then from there on we needed a switch and i think it was hangman who came up with the idea of uh of a rich uh you know a rich uh, guy from a rich part of denmark a very stereotypical rich part of denmark yeah. that we would capitalize on and then from there it was like with the name we we had the phoenix from 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 er, er, like earlier uh, experiments and then we i think it was hangman as well who said well, let's put Pete in there, like uh, like from Disney movie, like the Black Pete, the villain who's always yeah. uh, from the Disney movies. Uh, so it's like so we're gonna put Pete in there because it's the ultimate uh, villain name. And then I came up with Mister Universe from uh, a cartoon actually called Steven Universe, uh, where his dad. I don't know if you know it. Ah, uh, yes, dad, yeah. Oh, you do know it. Amazing. I do, yeah, yeah. His dad is uh, is a rock star when he was younger, and. Yeah. Uh, and he called himself Mr. Universe. And I was like, wow, like what, what w- it would be the most, like the most arrogant thing to go around and call yourself Mr. Universe. Like people are going to hate that. But I pronounced myself and I got my jacket made with it where it's on the back with big jock, you know, and, and yeah. like, uh, like diamonds on black leather jacket with white jock letters on. And then, you know, uh, with the, the diamonds as well. So it's just like, everything is in place and people are going to hate this <laughs> and the self-proclaimed Mr. Universe is going to, going to make sure the announcer announces me as the self-proclaimed and like, they like, you know, really stuffing it down their throats, yeah. but like yeah. to the point where that's kind of what you need to do with the Danish scene, because it's, they're so new to wrestling over the, you know, the last 10 years, it's been growing a lot, but they're so new to the fans. Are so new, some people, not all of them are fans. Some of them is like, Oh, what is this to come out to see the first time? So it's like you gotta put those gimmicks down their throats to make them understand it as well. Yeah, um, that's phenomenal. I didn't, I didn't know the story behind that, and, and I do think it's an incredible nickname, Mister Universe. <laughs> I think it's such a great nickname. And the thing what I what I love from watching your work as well is that, and as I mentioned, in terms of your heel work, you just embody that so naturally. And like um, in terms of like the psychology, you know, it it, it kind of it never it doesn't feel forced to watch like you know sometimes when people are a heel like um like sometimes like randy orton take for example as we've just mentioned him when he was a baby face it didn't work because he just hasn't got the credentials really to be a good baby face whereas as a heel it's just his natural comfort place you can see he's just a heel you know and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like for you have I mean, in terms of being a heel, did it feel like a natural thing to? Is it a natural thing for you, and does it kind of um, feel a lot more liberating in a sense, like a lot of people say, because you can kind of go to an extreme and you haven't got to kind of be 
um, watching your P's and Q's, you might say, like yeah. a baby face. Yeah, like yeah. nothing is nothing is holding you back. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's it's definitely my comfort zone. Like I love being uh, being a heel. It's just <laughs> it's just like I'm, I'm despite what most people might think, I'm not a dick in real life. <laughs> um, so it's like. <laughs> For me, it's it's amazing to go out there and and portray that because it comes naturally because it is it is just a part of me uh, turned up you know a hundred. Um, so it's 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 amazing. I love it. It's it just feels natural and the same as you said with Renio as well. You can just see like people when they ooze like they shine it. You know they just have that shine from them. Yeah. Uh, they just feel comfortable and it's just it's what they love to do and that's how I feel as well. So I'm happy that you can see that in my work yeah i mean you know it's um it's definitely a full package thing you know and you just the from the work element and the um in the ring and outside with the you know the interaction with the audience and the um psychology it's just i think that's what i love about scandy graps in general is that it's very kind of the whole package and one of the things I, one of the other questions in terms of it's kind of about training, but it, it's not in a sense. So the first part of the question is that, as I said to Hangman, um, is that Scandigraps is a very kind of, I, I put it as kind of traditional sort of physical um, sen- physical form of wrestling in that it's very reminiscent yeah. of, um, I wouldn't say world of sport per se, but it's very European in that it's very like hard hitting, but, traditional yeah. and as we we're saying psychology and slow paced um if anyone's seen um kind of name dropping so many things but if anyone's ever seen sort of uh it was the cwa promotion in germany in the early early 90s and late 80s where finley and william regal wrestled it's kind of that style of wrestling i've had mm-hmm. to put it into a kind of a comparison um do you like the fact that sort of scandinavian wrestling scandigraps it does have its own style. It's not like just put together. There's the European style, you might say, but as we just mentioned with Walter and Dragunov, there's a different form of, you know, um, European wrestling, which is scandigraps in that it's, you know, a lot more physical and a lot more slow paced and a lot more hard hitting. Um, Is that something you enjoy in terms of that form of wrestling um for you like does it again does it come naturally from the training and just the character work and everything yeah definitely definitely it does like again um it it comes natural to like it's it's never natural to to hit some or get hit you know what i mean like it doesn't feel natural you train for it right yeah in uh in the general sense but like for me and for Nordic people and for like European people as well, I think, yeah, there's just something with the history there. There's just something with like, I don't know if it's the, the ancestor of our ancestors or what it is, but just something there about the brutalities you see on the German scene as well and stuff. And there you see with Finley and, and like you mentioned, um, it's, it's, it's just much more hard hitting yeah. than what you see in, the, in other places like the US and stuff. It's, um, I think it's because we have a tougher crowd to win over. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's, it's the Nordic. It's not, we're not all cold. It's not that, but people are <laughs> cold, cold in a sense. Uh, and it's like, you know, ah, oh, it's wrestling. It's fun to come in and see. But then, you know, when you hear like a big chop or you hear like, you know, see a kick that's just like the sweat's flying away or you someone, you know, big forearm over the back or to the, to the neck, or to the jaw. It's like you see and hear the reaction like oh like whoa he really hit him you know mm. 
like, yeah, he really hit them. So I think that created that style as well. Yeah. Uh, the seriousness of the, of the fight. Yeah. Um, um, and for, yeah, for me, it falls natural. Um, yeah. It does. Like it's, it's better to go out there and give all you have than to, to just go out and do half the job. If, if it makes sense, you know, we're not, not hurting each other, but to the point where you can feel it after uh, yeah. it's, it's nice. Uh, it's like a good, Europeans kind of grab match, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's how the way I was brought up and feel about it as well. Yeah. Um, um, that was the same. As, that was, as, uh, not mean to cut you off, but that was the same as what Hangman said, in that you yeah. go out there and you know you've had a, had a slug, you know, had a slug fest and it's been a good match, but you haven't taken risks and you've not been throwing potatoes exactly. at one of each other, trying like to hurt can... one another. There's a respect exactly. there. So the you art. get up the day after and you can pack down and you can walk and you can go back to your normal life, you know? Yeah. Like you're not injured for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting as well that you say about the crowd because the, the fans of CCW uh, and the promotions I have seen, because you've wrestled in several other promotions, and that's that's a question mm-hmm. I'll ask you in a second, but mm-hmm. um, the, the fans of CCW in particular are extremely passionate and extremely vocal. And, you know, as you said, you know, they, they are hard to win over in a sense in that they're very invested in what they're seeing. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, I asked Hangman this, um, have you, and, and they're much like ECW, if I had to, again, I keep drop, name dropping, comparisons but it's to kind of no, help contextualize right, things right. but but i said to but i said to hangman it's very much like ecw in that it's very much like an intimate venue with you know these um you know loyal fans who you know are there from beginning to end you know from the start of mm-hmm. the promotion going forward to now mm-hmm. have you any fun experiences or interaction with those particular fans in general or any particular fans who um you know catch your eye when you go out and you think oh that person's in the same seat every week I mean, or that I mean, person yeah you know, yeah there is yeah. there is there is one guy that uh always there he's always in the front row he's always uh yeah always the front row and he's always standing up every time i walk out he's always <laughs> shouting at me calling me a pig and stuff like <laughs> Always, and I like. Uh, I remember, like, I think it was a show back last year. Where I just got right in his face and just like talk smack to him, and we were just standing there talking smack for a good, you know, twenty seconds before I just walked <laughs> off again. You know, like, and then those that that kind of passion is amazing to me. That like, you can hate me so much, like, you know, like you're really passionate into the product, and I love that. Uh, yeah. I, it, it just makes everything work around. I remember some loyal fans who's always there who has the Dudley glasses on. Yes. Um, like they have the they have the glass with the tape on and long haired guys and they always like have the glasses on. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like when I got my um, when I got my hair cut off at a live show by my my uh, rival Syme. Yeah. Um, uh, I was trying to cut his hair and his brother, real life brother saved him and I got choke slammed to hell. And then uh, I got my hair cut off. They were just like, they're waving their hair like, ha ha, here goes. So where did your, your hair go and stuff like, and it's just, just amazing. <laughs> the passion and the energy that these fans, the loyal fans that you've seen before, they just give off. Yeah. Like um, we have a, a local football team um, where we train that comes and support us as well. And they came up in most of our catchphrases as well. Like, you know, saying, like, shouting that my, my clothes is cheap and it comes from a cheap store or closing that I <laughs> like, uh, like uh, yelling that I'm a rich pig or stuff like that, you know. Uh, 
like it's amazing like what they do the yeah. they do to the product as well yeah they um they are part of the show that's like what i said to hangman they're just part of the show and i think that's one thing i love about it is that again it's a different vibe to the uk it's a different vibe to ireland or scotland or even the as far as like the us or whatever you know they all have their own identity the fans and they all help make the show and they all are knowledgeable you know it helps you know where you can you know um see i mean especially with independent wrestling where if you are coming into a promotion blind per se like what i did with ccw it does help and you see particular matches it does help where although you make your own uh you know interpretation of who you like and who you don't like it does help kind of with storyline elements if you know for example with, with you being a, a cocky heel that you know they're booing you out of the building that it helps to make you realize oh this guy's a bad guy or you know it it, it makes it it contextualizes it a little bit more and it is fun when you see how they interact with, you know, the wrestlers and little in-jokes you may have to yourselves or what I love as well. And I don't know if this has happened with you, but it is a question for you. So has anything happened? So like when you're saying about that guy there who was in your face for like 20 seconds, have you ever like gone back at the next show and kind of played into that the next time? So like it's you're playing into what happened before, like with, you know, like particular fans. So like when um, in ECW, they would have, you know, like sign guy there and something would happen at one show and then he would have another sign which referred to what happened on the last show. So like the storyline element, <laughs> has anything like that happened with you as well? It may not have done, but it's just an interesting question. I mean, uh, yeah, well, yeah, something did happen when with the whole feud with Simon Ashfak. Um, uh, he was my former bodyguard and then I lost uh, the belt the, uh, championship match to Sebastian because of of his doing something that went wrong wrong in our plan and then i i I backstabbed him and then from there on he had his brother who always came to the shows and started to play into that to you know to get a bad mouth him and like to push him and stuff and and use him there as a fan to to where the other fans were like oh what's going on here you know Oh, he's really pushing a fan and stuff. So we, I have a couple, of, couple of incidents with that with Simon's brother, real life brother. Yeah. Um, that we used like that. Um, some of the times he didn't know, so that made it all the better. <laughs> he just played into it because he just loves his brother, right? So, yeah. So that was amazing as well. Mm. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah. That, that's the that's the best that I've had with the fan interaction with that. Yeah. Uh, besides the the guy just. <laughs> trash talking for 20 seconds that's that's one of my favorite moments <laughs> um, they're great moments like that and you know it's, it's great as well that although people you know give off that they hate you it's all part of the show and they love it you know they love it it's 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 great to see and um in terms of fandom as well and in terms of your your journey um along with ccw so copenhagen championship wrestling you've also wrestled in um dpw so dankst i believe i pronounced that correctly dankst pro wrestling if that's yeah that, that, yeah yeah uh, and, <clears throat> almost dance pro wrestling yeah and body slam so i kind of have and body slam them, yeah yeah the i kind of dubbed them the the holy trilogy of danish wrestling you may say yeah so, man you you're totally right about that yeah you've, uh, you've wrestled all three so what was it yeah what like, was it like doing and um, did they all feel different like did they are different fans different styles or, or do diff- uh, did they all feel they, different they do feel different in the sense of the people behind and in the fans a little bit the fans mm. is uh, the fans feels a little different. You can feel that uh, Danish pro wrestling was, was like the uh, like chaos uh, is 
like the godfather of yeah. Danish wrestling. Mm-hmm. He invented it alongside, or not invented, but he brought it to life alongside with Tank, who is uh, yeah. one of the, the OGs of Body Slam. Mm. Um, and then people came up from there, like Michael Fane came up and uh, Emiratus came up, you know, uh, mm. along that way. Uh, and Raven and yeah. Nitro Green came up from there. So it was like, he, that was that's the OG of, of Danish uh, wrestling is dance pro wrestling where I wrestled a lot. Um, I started over there with with them like buying the company and playing into that, uh, buying the company and uh, buying myself away to a light heavyweight championship match, yeah. which I won. And from day one was crowned the new uh, light heavyweight champion, uh, which people absolutely hated. <laughs> uh, because just this rich guy from Copenhagen coming over and buying his way to stuff, you know, it's uh, and they have we have like a little feud with uh, with uh, Jutland and the, the Copenhagen part of Denmark. Yeah. It's like free, free, free five islands, like but free big islands, like free major islands. Yeah. Um, and there is this kind of little, you know, uh, friendly hate toward each other. So they just hated that, absolutely hated that. And I'll, I'll say the difference between body slam and uh, wrestling for body slam wrestling for Danish pro wrestling dance pro wrestling is that the fans of dance pro wrestling there are more uh, there are some some like, like we talk about these loyal fans who come out every time um, so again you can play a little bit more into the, the storyline aspect of it yeah whereas body slam uh, I, I haven't wrestled enough to see that yet but I know that they're traveling a lot so they go in all over Denmark a lot yeah um, so they always meet new fans a lot of these fans who who hasn't seen wrestling before that much you know or they just watch it one time on television but never seen it live yeah um, so so where whereas Danish pro wrestling used to stay in this the two same places you know. Uh, they would still draw people who hadn't seen it before, but they would have those lost fans like we we have as well. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say that's the biggest. Like the people are nice both places. Uh, yeah. I, I, I go along with with like I'll say everybody. There's not there's very few people that I don't get along with, and it's only if they rub me the wrong way, basically. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, like that's that's the the biggest difference between them. Uh, it's just that with the fans, I think. Uh, but the, the biggest difference in, in general between Copenhagen and then the fans from Jutland is that the, the fans at DBW and a Body Slam from Jutland, as a people, they are a little bit more settled down. Yeah. They're a little bit, they're a little bit more like, um, you know, they're not uh, easy to jump up and yell and scream that much. It's like <laughs> hard, hardcore fans. Whereas in Copenhagen, like we have all the party people, I guess. To say. <laughs> like we have like, but I don't know, like people, I don't know what it is with the Copenhagen crowd because I've seen the difference wrestling for both crowds, right? Yeah. And it's just, they're just much more wild um, and easily like wild up, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I've, I've um, heard um, heard that from Hangman as well about Copenhagen. There is like yeah. party capital and, you know, it's like, um, you know, wild <laughs> fans, you may say, and a lot more vocal. Um, exactly, and that's, um, that's what I prefer, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you get to work more for it for a more silent crowd, and then if you get the reaction out of them that, that you did your job right. So, uh, of course, it's a nice challenge, but I, I, I like, the, I like the, the passion of the hardcore fans in Copenhagen and the wildness uh, era of just uh, the, the fans overall in Copenhagen. Yeah, 
Um, it must be, you know, it, it must be such a sort of thrill and a buzz to be able to just feed off that energy. And then, like you said, with, with fans who are a lot more quiet and you may say respectful in one sense, but just a bit different yeah. and quieter. It's it's a different <clears throat> situation, you know. I mean, from yeah, this, then, yeah. Then they they clapping a little bit, you know, and they're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So it comes reaction like that, but they're clapping a little bit about big stuff, and it's like, you know. <clears throat> it's nice but it's not what i want for you i want you to scream at me i want you to yeah. call me a dick. like i want you to do this thing so i can feed off of it like you know if you scream out to people like oh what you got oh, he ain't got nothing uh-huh. and it's like there's just no response from the fans like oh yeah he got something like there's nothing you know like yeah. so there's nothing to feed off of it, it makes it much more uh hard uh, yeah. to perform like that but you learn as well that way like to, to deal with those situations and you you learn to be more creative in those situations yeah um and that's again part of the part of the experience of being a being a wrestler and being part of the industry because um you've mentioned the name chaos and we've mentioned hangman several times in this interview and i mean they're two of your trainers and as you said i even said the word godfather to hangman in terms of his influence on danish pro wrestling but how does it feel or how did it feel when you got into wrestling training with i would say two of the toughest European wrestlers around, you know, in terms of, you know, their in-ring style, but also just their training, you know, way of training and just how yeah. they, the conditioning, you may say, how, how did that feel? Was that an intimidating experience to say the oh, least? Oh, for real. Like I was a little scrawny boy. Like I was a little thin boy, <laughs> a little tall thin boy, like, and damn, like they put me through so much, like so many tests and to prepare me for stuff. I went to the, the infamous fake and break camp uh, at, at the Danish pro wrestling, uh, the chaos runs. Yeah. And there I had the opportunity to train with a lot of people, but it was for sure intimidating. Like going from my trampoline with my sisters and my brothers wrestling, you know, on the trampoline and pu- putting them through a lot of, of horrible stuff wrestling whilst P- poor sister, but my brother wanted it. So that's okay. But poor little sister going from that. And then to like all this physical hard, uh, non-wrestling related stuff, like a lot of push-ups, a lot of strengthening, a lot of cardio, always done, uh, always play soccer. Um, but you know, the cardio is just different in wrestling. Yeah. Um, because you, it's 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 cardio, it's a mental state, and it's a physical pain that you need to endure at the same time. Um, you need to be focused while in pain and while exhausted is the best way I can describe uh, like tough matches and training wrestling in general. Yeah. Um, so it prepares you very well for these situations, but I was intimidated for sure. But I went to the fake or break camps where we had uh, uh, Screwface Ahmed, Jamie uh i don't know if you know him Screwface from uh, nxt uk oh yes yeah, yeah i've heard of yeah. him yeah yeah, uh, yeah i trained with him him and nathan oh, wow. crew him and nathan cruz was my first yeah camp, oh wow uh, where i learned a lot from them uh both of them and then the year after we had uh we had uh again Screwface, and then uh this time zach gibson yeah from the nxt uk from oh, the, wow. young, uh, the young the crystal young veterans um and again, that was that was that was an eye opener for me. Like technical wrestling, British technical wrestling, but also psychology. Like why we do stuff it was an eye opener for me uh, that year, that camp. Yeah. The first the first camp with Nathan Cruz and and Screwface was uh, like my startup year. So it was like about getting through it for me and learning as much as I could. Um, but uh, the second with uh, with Zach Gibson and and Screwface was more of a learning curve. Uh, 
I got the physical stuff down. So it was more of like learning all the details, all the, the inside of the business that that you wouldn't learn anywhere else, but from, from people who've been, you know, with the WWE or with other big promotions or been in there for a long, long time, training and wrestling. Um, so it was an honor to get trained uh, by those guys for a whole week. Yeah. Both, both the first and the second camp because I learned so much. Um, and it for sure formed me uh with my my overall psychology and wrestling style as well yeah and um, i mean it couldn't not really given the amount of names you've said there and where they've been you know <laughs> gone in terms of their careers and you know there's different styles what they you know um present and exude in the in the ring you know what i mean and like you said in terms of the you know cardio and all of that all that kind of conditioning you know which i don't know kind of is a very, again a very old school kind of thing the 60 minute man yeah. player and how yeah. race and that kind of having those in you know having those skills helps you know like um, make you a wrestler i mean like rick flair said you know he never got tired in the ring like he would wrestle a whole week of 60 minute matches and never get tired <laughs> because he may not have the best physique in terms of mus- muscles but his cardio mm-hmm. was like different level to every wrestler i think on the planet at that point you know and that's Um, why i know it's gonna be so hard hard, like when i go back to training again i'm like i'm not looking forward to to be honest because i know it's gonna be horrible the first like the first month of training for my cardio i'm gonna be so good um and my body as well with the bumping and stuff like it's gonna be it's gonna be horrible but once you get that that hard skin back and the cardio back it's it's uh it's it's, you know it's a walk in the park again yeah just getting over that step now after you you got locked down yeah yeah um i mean it's like it's it must much like the phrase riding the bike once you get back in there it kind of comes naturally it's just getting into the rhythm of it um I mean, in terms of the training as well, which you did have, you actually, although you debuted back in 2015 from the research I've done, you made your CCW uh, debut at 2000 in 2016 at their debut show, yeah. and you faced former CCW champion Sebastian Day, and yeah. you've both, as you've just mentioned him, and you've wrestled a couple of times um, from that point on. And, you know, what's it like wrestling Sebastian? I've got a massive admiration for his work as well. And, you know, he he is another guy who, you know, just sort of embodies the full package to me in terms of his wrestling ability and his persona. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. is it good fun going in there when you are able to wrestle him and just you know go at it given your training yeah. and things like that as well yeah, yeah i mean i mean going back to the beginning again when i when i started to train i contacted hangman because there was no training in copenhagen at that point it was only in jutland with uh, with chaos yeah um and for, uh, again i could not go over there between 14 and 18 my mom my mom wouldn't allow it so when i became 18 the training started up i think it was 17 almost 18 the training started up in copenhagen and i went there and i think half a year maybe between four and six months after sebastian joined so we you know we would we started from beginning me and him together yeah training together he had trained a little bit prior as well with some other people but uh i was the first to start in ccw and then me and him like was brought up together that's why we were paired together as well to run our first match um and like wrestling sebastian of course like he like just as i have changed over the years he has as well I remember back in the beginning, it was a lot of uh, technical stuff. Like we were very technical. 
Uh, and I, I, I think he still is to the point of yeah. his moveset, as I, as, as I remember and as I see when I wrestle him. He still is very technical. Like, he uses a lot of technical moves, uh, where I, I go to a little bit more brutal style now. Yeah. Um, with the knees and stuff and, and, mm. and stuff like that. But, like, wrestling Sebastian is honestly, like, you know, I'm so used to wrestling him when we train together and stuff. So we just know each other. For me, it's just easy like, to go out there and have a good match with Sebastian, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I remember we did that at a summer camp uh, where we just, you know, we, we arrived and our van with the ring in broke down, like tire fell off on the way to this camp. <laughs> and it's like everything that went wrong could went wrong, you know? So we, we got a new car and we got it in there and we got there. We had like one hour to set up the ring. Boom, boom. And then like, okay, three matches. You, 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 you. Boom, boom. And then me and Sebastian, we just like, okay, let's go out there. Let's call it out there. Let's, let's just yeah. have fun. Just a lot of kids and their parents. So let's have fun. Let's, let's practice and let's have fun. I remember that match very well. As, uh, it was a very good experience wrestling Sebastian. It's just easy. And it's uh, good communication and, and good understanding of each other. Yeah. Um, uh, again, like the, the style is, it's a, it's a little brutal. But Sebastian is not the, the most brutal of the people. He's very, he, he can be a little stiff sometimes, uh, but it's not bad at no. all uh, compared to like Chaos or Hangman. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. But I'll say like wrestling Sebastian is a lot of fun for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a good, a good match for me, easy match for me to work. Yeah. He, um, you know, he, he again, he just, He's one of those people, much like you, where you're drawn to the Scandinavian style and the Denmark style because of his way of working. And, mm-hmm. you know, they always say wrestlers that when you're wrestling someone like that, it's like a night off just because you're able to just enjoy being in the ring with the opponent and just get out there and enjoy it, you know, rather than it feel like work, you know, in the traditional sense, you know, it feels a lot oh, more really? like fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting as well, because um, as well as wrestling singles matches, you um have also wrestled in several tag matches in DPW. Oh, yeah. I did like I did like I won my actually the 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 light heavyweight championship when I first came to DPW the first night. Yeah. I won that in a tag match, and that was with my partner like Simon Ashfrak, like yeah. former bodyguard. And then we was against Raven and Johnny Casanova, I think. Right. Who, were, who was scheduled to have a normal match, but then we broke in and like it's attack now. Whoever gets the pin gets the belt, you know. So what was it? What I mean, that, that, again, that's an unusual stipulation, in you know, yeah, it was. Of, yeah, because um, pre- predominantly you've been a singles wrestler. So again, yeah, wrestling in tag matches is that a kind of a fresh experience when that does come about because you've been allowed. I mean, to I mean, yeah, like I started with I, I started with Simon, uh, started with Simon Ashford and Carlos Samoa, right? We had we had Copenhagen's finest, where we call ourselves in in Danish pro wrestling. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun wrestling against Nitro Green and Raven. Mm. Um, and wrestling Johnny Casanova and a couple of other guys like that was that was a lot of fun. And then moving on now to wrestling with Lunico, he's um, my after I trashed Simon, uh, he was my new companion. Yeah, um, who who helped me work against Simon as well. Yeah, so it was it's been a lot of fun like working because he has uh, like he's an Italian. Yeah, and um, and he's very like sexual in his ways. Like, <laughs> he, he does like Bronco Buster stuff and, uh, and some things I will not mention, but he does like those, those kind of things. <laughs> um, so like, I mean, it's just very fun because the, we have a good chemistry and it's the best chemistry I'd have with anyone. Uh, tag team wrestling. It's, it's a lot of fun. And like, yeah. uh, we can see that the crowd is enjoying it as well. 
even though we're bad guys, like we can see they're enjoying it and they're getting a, a kick out of it. Like me and him wrestling, looking sharp and Sebastian and wrestling the, the Italian attitude attacked him from Italy. Yeah. Um, just a lot of fun. Like just a lot of fun. I, I like that because for me, it's, I, I mean, I prefer being a singles wrestler, of course, because then I can be in control of what's mm. going on. And uh, it's, you know, it's all about me. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. the focus is there on the, on me and him. Um, but tag team has opened a lot of fun things in, in terms of combinations and tag team moves and playing out to a crowd and working as a team. For yeah. Sure. Has, has been a lot of fun. And it's yeah. always kind of been a part of, of my way of gig, like growing up in the Danish wrestling scene as well. Uh, with the Code Makers Finance and now with Lunico. So it's always been a part of it. Yeah. Uh, mixed with the singles. But I, st- I still prefer the singles over the, the tag team. I think it's just like, a, yeah, it's like a, a me thing to get to get everything over with the gimmick and, and with the match. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's interesting because one of the matches you sent me was a tag match, which was mm-hmm. an insane um, <laughs> tag team street fight, um, which yeah. was... Uh, which was featured- me and... Me and Lunico versus Looking Sharp and Simon Hashback. Yes. Championship yeah. wrestling. Yes. Um, brutal. You know, different form of kind of hardcore yeah. wrestling, that old kind of school style of hardcore, you know. Um, and it's, I mean, <clears throat> in terms of like those kind of matches, which, because you have not only just wrestled in no disqualification matches from doing research, you've also wrestled in a last man standing mm-hmm. match against Hangman, and you also wrestled in a steel cage match as well. Like, Having those stipulations, yeah, 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 sorry, I was just about to say that having those stipulation matches when they do come about, because unlike a lot of wrestling promotions like the WWE, for example, they tend to do those things quite frequently. Whereas in CCW, it's kind of one, you know, once in a blue moon, you may say. Like, is it and and is it exciting that spectacle of Mm -hmm. being in that kind of a steel cage or being in an ODQ match and kind of, or a last man standing match and where can we go? What can we do? You know, with, you know, a different element to a wrestling match, you may say, is that an exciting sort of um, blank canvas you may say for you to work on? Love it, man. I absolutely love it. Uh, Like as you're saying, because it's different, a steel cage match and well we already got the gimmick there what's the gimmick is the steel cage you know yeah use it <clears throat> we already got that like it's it's so different from a normal match i love absolutely love uh brutal matches like the the hardcore match the street fight we had and the uh, the last man standing match i had with sebastian for the bill that ragnarok won and the no dqs with hangman like it's i love those matches because they're different and you can you can use those stipulations to your advantage and build it around the story and i just absolutely love that it's my favorite match it goes back to to, to the, the old days on the trampoline yeah with my, with my brothers getting a traffic cone and stuff from like stealing a traffic <laughs> cone somewhere and going out and buying like tin uh tin like tin cans that will, yeah. will break easily and stuff like it, it's it goes all the way back to there um, I, I absolutely love those matches. I, I really, really enjoy like the steel cage matches. Uh, they're fun. Like they're all fun matches, right? Yeah. And the last man standing is, is like, it's a hard match. Cause I think we did like 45 minutes of match, maybe more me and Sebastian. So that was like a long, uh, and, and tiring match. And I'll, but I'll say my, my favorite was the street fight with all the weapons. I'm, I'm, I really love the, the weapons. Yeah. Um, like you put that into it with the, the flaming table and, uh, 
with the kendo sticks and the chairs and yeah it's it's a lot of fun the, yeah the road signs yeah <laughs> it's um it was kind of i think what i love it, it kind of um i've always been a big fan of ring of honor and they have the fight without honor which is you can have a no disqualification match but then in the company but then you have a fight without honor which is kind of no dq to you know the the limit kind of thing and that's kind of what that match rem was reminiscent of for me that particular no dq match and it was very similar to a fight without honor in that it kind of was you know a blow off in a way but it just there were so many elements what were the the level of danger was taken higher the level of physicality was taken higher and you, the crowd was so into it you know they were all standing up they were all you know couldn't believe what they were seeing so it was uh, exactly and you were all i could tell although it's crazy but you all were enjoying the you know the experience of being in there oh, and, you know for it, real the, the the adrenaline you know saying like the you know the um the spectacle of it you know as i just mentioned it kind of is exciting because it's not kind of although we do love those kind of matches in wwe and the like there's an element of oversaturation which sometimes can water down those particular matches, but when you're able to get them across like you did in that particular match in CCW, that's when it's done right. And that, again, falls back into the storylines and the psychology and the slow-burning-esque form of booking and wrestling, I think, where it has more of a purpose than just we've got these guys, we'll put them in a ladder match or a steel cage because we've got one. You know, it, it, it's got more importance. More yeah, than exactly. It feels it's got more be, it got more behind the actual match than the match yeah. itself. It's got the story behind it. It's got the, the climax of it. Like, now they're finally getting their hands on each other and, you know, he stabbed him in the back and boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it got, the, I, it got what I, I like to call the old school WWE, like, storytelling. Yeah, um, the kind of storytelling that I grew up on watching when, like, um, back ten years ago when I when I discovered wrestling. Yeah, um, you know, and, and like you were saying before, like about the Hell in the Cell, for example, you know, where it's very psychology based and very, um, you know, um, although there are weapons, it's a cage, and how do you use it, and you know all that. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's tick, well, not not ticks a lot of boxes, but it it allows a different level of. Um, and a different style of wrestling to what is the norm in CCW to come out and see performers going to a, the extreme, although that term kind of has been used so overused so much with ECW, but you don't, you know. Um, again, yeah, and again, it's the it's the it's the the whole psychology uh, for a business standpoint about like okay, yeah. so you we go through a table this time okay well next time we need to go through two tables yeah and the next time it's got to be three tables and then it's got to be tables with fun text and then they got to be fire on them and then like barbed wire and you're like you need to you need to step up the plate all the time and that's why if you overuse those props like the, the special kind of matches if you don't save them for the right moments in the storyline if you just use them every show um it becomes like you need to overdo it every time. You need to do more the next time. So that's yeah. why we, we use them so carefully as we do in CCW uh, for the psychology and the storytelling of it where it makes sense and what uh, the, the wrestlers have been through could culminate in like or collide in, in like that uh, kind of match type, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it, it is, that is why we're not having uh, one of those matches every show. But when we do have one of them, it's like, you know, it's promoted uh, widely and yeah. Uh, loudly. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're always phenomenal to 
to watch and the ones I've seen and the ones you allowed me to watch from, you know, feel greatly privileged to have been sent those links and watching those <laughs> matches. You know, it's, I, I really do. Um, the, the, in the private section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which does mean a lot, though, because it shows a lot of, you know, that you have allowed me to watch them to research for the interview. You know, it means a lot to me, so I do thank you. And one, kind of the last question, but it kind of falls into something else, but one of the mm. matches you sent me was um, a match, and I believe it was, was this your debut in Sweden when you faced uh, Victor yeah, Thunderbolt? Yeah, me against, um, yeah. against uh, Victor Thunderbolt. Yeah, and... Yeah. What it was a very there's a few things. It was a very unique looking venue, very sort of small yeah, venue it, just it was, before so cold. Yeah, <laughs> just so before cold. lockdown, I believe in March, um, or like COVID hit. But and um, mm. what was it like being in? There's there's a couple of things. What was it like being in Sweden? What was it like wrestling Victor? And what was it like again being in front of a different audience to and a different country as well to Denmark and being wrestling for the promotion you'd wrestled for previously? What was that like? Yeah, so so for me, the I had a goal going into that match because I was the again I was booked as a heel and I am a heel. Yeah. Um. So for me, the goal of that match was going in there and winning them over on my side, like making them hate me, which is my job to mm. do. Um. And that for me was the most important thing, and that was I was so happy when when that managed uh, to happen. When I at the end of the match, I have Victor down. And I screamed to his face. He can't. He cannot lift me anymore because I hurt his back, and he hurt his back. And I keep going for his back, his lower back. So he cannot lift me and do all the power moves he does in the beginning of the match. At the end of the match, um, so I just remember screaming like, "He can't lift me anymore!" But I've already won, and like spitting in his face, slapping him, and like pushing him with my boot, and just people. The the reactions to me spitting on him was so much bigger than the reaction where we did like a suplex from from yeah. the middle or the top rope, you know, like because he's like, whoa, he just spit on him, and like, oh, then he pushes him, punches him, you know, like that meant so much more that little moment than you know the big ass move from the top rope. Yeah, um, and I was so happy when when we had that moment and we were able to 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 get the fans invested in the match and in the we had no story so we just invested in the in the one match mm. um the crowd uh not that different from a danish crowd a uh, little bit more silent but they still had chance going so that was kind of nice yeah uh, and they and they good reactions you know so that was very nice and then just a very good friend like friends with uh in the car and uh victor thunderbolt uh they rest for ccw as well yeah so you know, going in there and knowing the people you're working with is nice, but I actually never worked with uh, Victor before. Uh, and to be honest, it was one of the most naturally matches I had. Like, it just felt so nice and it felt so, like, it, everything was just easy and natural. It just came to us, you know, like we talked about earlier, the chemistry you have with some people. Yeah. I just had that with uh, with Victor. Yeah. Um. So, like, Yeah. Like that, it, it was it was amazing. I loved that match. It's one of my favorite matches. Yeah, uh, um, even though I lost, but still, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of my favorite matches ever because I was able to go to in front of a new crowd and prove myself and make them get invested into the match and the story. Um, that that yeah. was the thing. the The story for me that there were two. You like you just said, you'd never wrestled one another, but you were able to tell such a great story in the match you had together, and the psychology once again of the playing into the lower back, 
and you know the disrespect and you know it was such a roller coaster really in terms of mm-hmm. how it came about and the different because Victor is a very um you know muscly big big guy oh, you he know is. He's, he's very he's strong a, yeah um he reminds me very much of Brian Cage who was in AEW oh, yeah. In the, yeah. Oh, yeah um because he can move but he's got the muscle there as well the muscle mass you know and the comparison uh, sorry the contrast in terms of your two's um styles and things was really exciting mm-hmm. and um again you know seeing Sweden as well Swedish wrestling was a great privilege you know because I've not seen much wrestling from Sweden so although mm-hmm. you know um it is sort of hidden away there is Swedish wrestling there for people to find you know and to watch as well as you know wrestling from Denmark and um the final question I will well the final question I've got is that although we are in lockdown and we're in this situation of COVID and you know what's going on um what's the what's the main what's the main aim for um Pete Phoenix heading into the rest of 2021 um, and 22? Is it to travel more of the world? Is it to get the CCW world title? Is it to, you know, claim back the light heavyweight title? What's the main aim heading through 2021? Well, for me personally, it is uh, it's two things. It's uh, one is very selfish. It's uh, to get CCW kickstarted up again on the right note, mm-hmm. on the right foot. And then my personal uh my personal goal uh, is to to get more bookings uh like out of denmark uh, to travel more is what i'm uh, i want to do now i want to learn more and i want to travel and i am contacting people different promotions hopefully to get a chance and opportunity um to show myself and to show my worth so that is uh, to go out and to experience different cultures of wrestling as, as you would say yeah um that's that's my that is my my next goal it it's a goal which you know i'm sure from what i've seen of your work will come about once all this craziness of covid has passed us all by and you know i'll as with this interview promote your work and you know the work of um your colleagues and rivals you may say to to Mm. other promoters and things because i feel that you know you have such an incredible you know you are still young as well younger than me even though i'm a young you know i'm, I'm but you've got such an incredible future ahead of you any free baby <laughs> you've got such an incredible future ahead of you and you've already achieved so much and you know it's just um been a as i knew it would be a great privilege to be able to speak speak about your career and your time in you know the wrestling industry so you know it's been an absolute pleasure so thank you Thank you for, for letting me on here and, and talking to me. I really appreciate it. It's been so, so awesome. No, you're uh, welcome. Hopefully, hopefully we can do it again in the in the near future. Absolutely. Um, definitely want to do that. And just to finish off, where can people find Mr. Universe Pete Phoenix on social media? The floor's yours, so tell well, them. Yeah, where. well, man, I'm all over now. Uh, <laughs> courtesy of my good friend, Looking Sharp, who, who said, you got to get a Twitter, man. So... <laughs> I'm on Twitter as uh, as Pete Phoenix CCW. I'm on uh, Instagram as Mr. Universe underscore Pete Phoenix, and I am also on Facebook. We just search for Pete Phoenix, Mr. Universe Pete Phoenix, and the same on YouTube, Mr. Universe Pete Phoenix. And go ahead and check out CCW Copenhagen Championship Wrestling on YouTube. We have most of our stuff on Facebook, so if you want to see some matches and some storylines and promotional videos in there, go check the Copenhagen Championship Wrestling uh, Facebook page and. Uh, yeah that's basically all 
No, that's <laughs> thank the, you, thank you for having me on, man. Oh no, you're welcome. No, the pleasure has been all mine. You know, it's been an absolute. You know, I was really excited for this interview when we started talking, and you know, it's been an absolute. You know, blast, and I can't wait to do it again at some point. You know, and talk about even more of, you know, your career and your aspirations and things going into, you know, the rest of 2021 or 22 or wherever. You know, the decade. You may say, you know, yeah. the, the sky's the limit. You know, yeah, um, this, this is our decade. Yes. Yeah, without doubt. And um, just to finish off for everyone, so you can find BBG Wrestling at Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, with this exclusive interview with Mr. Universe, Pete Phoenix. It's been a pleasure, Pete, and thank you everyone for listening.